When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Cardinals Update podcast presented by me, Cardinals Update, RSUS, or Duke, you know, whatever you want to call me. Uh, so yeah, so basically go over what's been happening since the last podcast, you know, what's been going on Wednesday, Thursday, today, Friday, injury report and stuff like that, kind of what to expect in the game. So yeah, let's get straight into it. So Wednesday, the Cardinals signed Jeff Driscoll uh, to the practice squad and Gannon sort of talked about, you know, his familiarity in the offseason with this team. And that's why they sort of brought him back. Um, also from Wednesday too, you know, Gannon said that the production with Toon and the offense, you know, has been elevated the past couple of weeks since you know, his off season since preseason and all that. So he's really just gained a, a larger grasp of the offense. You know, that's what you would hope um, as a rookie. And he's just been looking great. He also gave an update on James Conner. He said James Conner looks great. He said, he jokingly said, you know, he looks a little faster, you know, since his injury and, you know, just everything's on track for him to come back, you know, whenever his four games is up from IR. And going off of, you know, the other coordinators, what they said during their press conferences on Wednesday, um, Drew Petzing said that Toon has embraced the challenge of how much the game has changed, you know, from college, you know, him at Houston from the, to the NFL, you know, with the speed of the game. He also talked about like the nuances of the run game, which ties into the QB's gameplay. And he was just very complimentary just of how Toon has attacked this week of practice, you know since you know he's he's been the QB2 ever since they let go of Colt McCoy in the offseason so yeah that's always great to see you know him just getting more comfortable with the game uh with the NFL speed and yeah so um Drew Petsing was also asked you know if Clayton Toon were to start you know how ready he is and how much have they prepared him you know since Kyler has came back he's kind of you know, dipped into taking snaps from Toon with the second team, you know, maybe with the first team. I know this week they kind of like mix it up back and forth, you know, between Kyler taking first team reps in the offense and then Clayton Toon getting him started for the week. And Drew Petsing said, you know, he was very complimentary of Clayton Toon, said that, you know, same thing with Clayton Toon as long uh, same thing with everyone else in the on the offense, that everyone should be ready to start no matter what happens. 
Um, and then he also said, you know, if Kyler is activated and, you know, if he, you know, is able to put on, you know, pads and stuff like that, that whenever it, uh, Kyler is ready to go and that's when they'll activate him. And, you know, whenever he's activated and he's ready to go, that's when he'll start the game. And that's sort of what he, he kind of talked about kind of same thing that Gannon said that whenever Kyler is ready to go, whenever he's hundred percent, you know, like we said, uh, in the last podcast, you know, he's already a hundred percent physically. It's just a matter of fact of getting him a hundred percent mentally ready and also just getting him ready within the offense to go ahead and execute for four quarters and then just kind of snowballing that effect into the next game. So yeah, I think we are going to be waiting until next week against the Falcons for Kyler to play. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that's just what that's what they've been saying since since week 1 since he's been on the PUP list and since he's, you know, sort of been designated to return that this uh, the week 10 against the Falcons is when he should return. And that's, you know, like like I said, that's what everyone's been saying. I know against the Ravens, it was kind of sort of like a miscommunication with, you know, with the people on Twitter, you know, the Twitter streets, whenever, you know, the, the Cardinals account, you know, kind of puts out a little eyeballs emojis and, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, he practiced fully this week and, you know, he doesn't have an injury designation for a couple of, of practices but you know he comes out as doubtful you know some people were kind of taking that and kind of making it more than what it is but you know if you guys have been following me or if you guys have been following some other people you know that cover the cardinals you know some of us have been just on the same game plan as gannon and as money austin for it when they say you know they have a timetable and they have their own plan to get kyler ready and when he's going to come back and you know, kudos to them because I know for them it's been sort of, sort of tempting to put him out there just because he looks great in practice. Obviously, he's a franchise QB; he's going to look great in practice. But you know, seeing him out there and not putting him in the game, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of difficult. But they're set in their plan, and their plan has always been. No, I wouldn't say always been, but you know, especially more recently, you know, putting him on pup for the first four weeks of the season and then not activating him just as soon as those first games are ended you know kind of a little bit after that you know kind of sticking to the game plan of they want him to debut at home against the Falcons week 10 you know kind of have a good stretch against the Falcons the Steelers and the Texans and have a little bit of of a bye week in between there so just having having those couple of games to kind of get his feet wet to kind of get him going the offense and also having him prepare as QB1 and taking a lot of those uh, first team reps on offense, I think is going to be just very valuable. I know he probably could have started, you know, as soon as the, the PUP games ended and he could have came back week five, but it just wouldn't have looked right. It wouldn't have looked the same. So giving him those couple of weeks to get ready and to keep on practicing and sort of have his body catch up to the game speed of the NFL. I think that's going to just do wonders down the road and you're not going to have those things where it's like, oh, you know, Kyler doesn't really look like Kyler right now. And, you know, when he's playing the game, like, you don't want to make those excuses where he's, oh, you know, obviously he's coming back from a major knee injury. But at the same time, you're not going to have those question marks where, oh, you know, he looks kind of rusty. You know, he has to, you know, he has to just get used to the knee and stuff like that, which at this point, you know, he's been practicing for a while and he looks great. You know, in some of the practice videos that we see, 
online he's he doesn't have like those big bulky braces and i know throughout the off season and throughout these first couple of weeks whenever you see him practicing on the sidelines you know he kind of has like a a sleeve around his knee he doesn't really have that anymore right now i think definitely he's gonna have something on game day sort of like a maybe like a thicker knee sleeve you know just to kind of just keep everything normal kind of get his mind at ease but i think he's gonna come out and just whenever he is ready to play he'll do a really great job when his number is called so yeah, that's sort of kind of what happening that what happened with the offensive side. With the defensive side, you know, Nick Rallis had his um, presser and he talked about Keytrell, who hasn't really been playing these past couple of weeks, and you know, it's sort of been a surprise for you know a lot of us that follow the team that cover the team, where you know the first couple of weeks of the season, you know. He's looked solid and, you know, his snaps were going up from week one, week two, week three. And, you know, he was playing 80, 90 percent of the snaps. And then, you know, kind of at the week four or five point, his snaps kind of started going down. And then against Seattle, he he was available to play, but he just didn't play which was confusing to all of us. You know, he was there on the sideline, pads on and everything, following Nick Rallis, following Coach Gannon. And he just, they just didn't put him out there. You know, even though some of our corners were struggling, you know, Marco Wilson, he's been struggling these, these past couple of weeks. You know, that was Garrett Williams' first game back. And they also had Sterling Thomas out there. So you're just wondering, you know, what's going on where this rookie, it looked like he was he was rising, he was elevating, and he was doing good, you know, obviously, he's a six-round rookie, so you're not going to expect, you know, too much from him, you're not going to expect him to be a shutdown corner, you know, out the box, but, you know, the more, the more games he gets under, under his belt, I think, you know, everyone saw that he was just getting better as time went on, but then, like I said, the snaps just out of low-key, out of nowhere, just kind of stopped, and then you had him, against the Seahawks, like I said, you know, he was there on the sideline, didn't play. Last week against the Ravens, he was a healthy scratch. So the he uh Nick Rallis was sort of asked about, you know, what happened about Keytrell. And he said that, you know, Keytrell has a good attitude about, you know, not having much playing time recently. And sort of mentioned that again, he you know, he is a young guy. Like I said, he is a six round rookie and he was sort of thrusted into the fire in the beginning because of injuries. So Garrett Williams uh, wasn't out there. He started the year on pup from his injury back in college. And then, you know, those first couple, the, the first game, you know, Buddha got hurt with a hamstring injury. So he kind of came out. And then um, Jalen, for the past couple of weeks, you know, he was also um, not playing. So, you know, he, I think he was out also with a hamstring injury. So, he was sort of playing that Garrett Williams role right now, where it's sort of like that slot corner that, you know, depending on what the offense is, what the offense does, you know, he kind of get pushed into like the safety role or, you know, he'll, he'll start off in that slot corner role. So I think with Garrett Williams coming back and him being the guy they initially envisioned to be that slot corner slash safety role, I think, you know, that's kind of what's taking the snaps away from um, Keytrell and, I, I personally think that he could play on the outside and I think a defensive back room or a starting def defensive back defense with, you know, Keytrail on one side, probably Starling Thomas on one side, and then getting a mixture between Antonio Hamilton and Garrett Williams in the slot and then Buddha and Jalen Thompson in the back end. I feel like that's a really solid defense just from what we saw and just also 
how they play as a collective unit. You know, I think Keytro, you know, he's a great, I think all of the, our defensive backs are great tacklers, which, you know, in the years before you haven't really seen, you know, sometimes some guys were afraid of, you know, getting hit. But I think, you know, if you have Keytro out there, you know, obviously he is a six round guy, but, you know, just having him getting more snaps against, you know, live offenses and just seeing everything that he can see, I think it'll work you know, greater in the long run instead of having someone like, you know, unfortunately, like Antonio Hamilton out there, you know, obviously, he's a veteran, you know, he's 30 plus years old. And, you know, he's a guy that that, you know, has seen a lot of offenses, but you know, how long is he going to stay with a team? I think this year, for the most part, you want to evaluate, you know, the young guys, you want to evaluate how the team's going to be moving forward. And I think, you know, having Antonio Hamilton out there, he might give you just a slight bit of a better edge if you do play him. But I think, you know, if you do put Keytrail out there, it'll be just a lot better for the long run, just him having those snaps, you know, that rookie year and then going into year two, you know, he's going to have something to look back on and be like, hey, you know, you know, the ups and downs of the defense of playing defensive back in the NFL, you know, this is something I can improve on. This is something that I don't want to, you know, bring into next season. This is something where I really got to, you know, step my game up in terms of like covering um, receivers of looking, trying to read what the quarterback does about, you know, just watching film. So little, little things like that. I think if you do get him out there and just, you know, playing more, he's able to just see more and experience more. And I think, you know, with him and just with a bunch of the rookies, I think them being exposed to more, more of, you know, just live NFL offenses, I think would just do great things for them in the long run. So Nick Rallis also talked about the other rookie, Garrett Williams, and just also had a lot of praise for him, said um, Garrett Williams, you know, in terms of, you know, just the whole being injured, coming from college and just not having an NFL offseason, you know, he really praised them that, you know, without having that offseason work, he mentally, you know, he has everything down, you know, since he's been coming back from his injury and they did put a lot of it on his plate in the beginning and he's came back and he's responded well against you know with all the coaching and with everything that they've put on his plate you know he's the mental aspect of him playing you know that slot corner kind of safety role you know in the middle of the defense they say that he has no mental errors right now and that he's just having a really great time just grasping the the defense that they want him to run and that sort of in in the middle of the defense for the Cardinals that triangle with him Buddha and Jalen it's great because uh, Riley said that they are they're all highly intelligent players and just them you know Garrett being the the young guy in there just sort of feeding off of what Buddha sees what Jalen sees and just sort of picking their brains you know he he just loves how he uh how's how Garrett has came in and just you know taking ownership of that slot corner slash safety role and the thing that caught my eye too was when Nick Rallis was asked you know how does the uncertainty at the Browns QB spot sort of make game planning for the offense for their offense, you know, how difficult or how much has it changed or, you know, what sort of like the nuances of it. And he said that 
preparing for two quarterbacks in Deshaun Watson and P.J. Walker, it's sort of, you know, as an NFL defense, as a defensive coordinator, you have to be prepared for either one of those situations. And for the defense, you have to, you know, add layers to the defensive game plan. And, you know, if... 90 minutes before the game if they figure out oh it's going to be Watson or it's going to be the backup you know they'll have those different layers in the defense already prepared for you know whatever situation happens and that's sort of the gamesmanship that you know that having an uncertain QB situation happens and that's sort of something that Gannon has talked about I know um for the past couple of weeks it's it's been you know is Kyler playing or is Clayton Toon going to play is Josh Dobbs going to play and you know Gannon has always said you know even since the beginning that sort of the gamesmanship of you know not having you know not naming the QB right away and sort of having the other team's defense sort of prepare for both QBs you know if it's something that he could get you know five ten minutes from the other team that they sort of prepare for Kyler or they prepare for Toon or they prepare for Josh Dobbs that's something that he's invested in that's something that he is going to take you know like I said gamesmanship in where you know they have to prepare and they also have to just take a little bit of time out of their practice time to prepare for the other quarterback so that's sort of what I thought was interesting just because I've seen a lot of people like on Twitter or on Instagram, you know, comment on my posts and stuff like that. They say, no, you know, how come Gannon is just going to be quiet about this QB situation? And how come, you know, obviously we know like a few weeks ago, we know Josh Dobbs is going to start. How come he, he isn't committing to a starter, you know, in the beginning of the week? Just why is he sort of letting us out there to believe that Kyler might play this week? And it's just, you know, with the mental aspect of trying to prepare for um, for another QB, that's just something that he thinks is very valuable. And like I said, if it takes five, ten minutes from another team, that's something that he would love to have. So we sort of talked about, you know, all the coordinators. We talked about Gannon. We talked about um, Drew Petzing. We talked about Nick Rallis, them just facing the Cleveland Browns this week. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of research. And a lot of them, they have ties with Kevin Stefanski and the Browns um, organization just from their times coming up as coordinators. So, you know, for, for Jonathan Gannon, he was the defensive back coach with Kevin Stefanski back in their time in Minnesota. So I think uh, uh, Kevin Stefanski, he was like the wide receiver coach. He was like the tight ends coach, the QB coach, like an offensive assistant. And that was around the same time that Jonathan Gannon was there. So it just feels like a big reunion for a lot of those guys. I know um, with Stefanski, he or with my bad with Drew Petzin he was coaching under Stefanski until last year and you know he, we kind of plucked him away he was the QB coach and he was like the sort of the run game coordinator in the Browns last year and then he followed Kevin from his time in Minnesota and also same thing with Nick Rallis you know he spent I think two years um with Stefanski back in Minnesota so a lot of them come from sort of the same NFL circle kind of working under 
Mike Zimmer in that Minnesota team. So seeing all of them, you know, kind of facing off against each other, you know, obviously they all had conversations whenever they were on the same team. I know um, Nick Rallis and Drew Petzing always mentioned that they picked Stefanski's brain just about anything. Obviously they were just, you know, young um, offensive and defensive assistants, but they always like to talk and just, you know, pick anyone's brain about, you know, what's going on. Same thing with Jonathan Gannon said that, you know, he has a lot of praise for Stefanski and that, you know, what he's done in Cleveland is sort of something that they would like to replicate here in Arizona, you know, having a strong run game, you know, no matter what happens, obviously, you know, you know, the Browns with or without Nick Chubb, you know, they're going to have a strong run game and they're going to have a strong offensive line. Same thing with their defense. They're going to have a strong defensive line and they're going to have all 11 guys running to the ball. So having a team a team mindset like that is something that Gannon, Drew Petzing, and Nick Rallis, you know, want to replicate here in Arizona. So just finishing off, uh, so today is Friday, so they the injury reports are out. So the, the following players are listed as out against the Browns. So it's our offensive lineman, offensive lineman Tristan Colon, and our running back, Amari Dermercado. So both of them were injured in last week's game against the Ravens. I know Tristan, he was there for maybe a few snaps in the first series of on offense and then you know left the rest of the game with a calf injury so you know for next week you probably think the same thing happens as what it did last week where Dennis Daly comes in at probably guard and just see where it goes from there uh with Dermacado you know for the first I think probably like 80 percent of the game he was like the main you know, workhorse running back. And then after that, it was sort of a mixture between him and Keonta Ingram. And then, you know, at the end of it, it was mainly Keonta Ingram taking all the snaps at the end. So I think, you know, both of them suffered their injuries during the, during the Ravens game, which sucks to see just because the Mercado was kind of having a breakout game. I know in the in the preseason and just when he has time, whenever James Conner wasn't in, you know, people were kind of iffy about him just because, you know, he, it didn't look like he was too comfortable in the offense. It looked like he just wasn't, you know, reading the lanes correctly as a runner. So just him getting more comfortable, especially last game, I think, you know, a lot of us saw that he was making making the correct reads whenever he was running the ball and just, you know, getting those extra two, three yards whenever he's just, you know, whenever he gets tackled, he just falls forward instead of just getting tackled and falling back. And that just helped getting those extra couple yards. And he just had a very strong run game. And a lot of people love that just because, you know, this offense is predicated on the run game and just having someone that could sort of mimic what James Conner does on an every down basis is something that you just love to see, especially out of an undrafted free agent. So having both of them already officially out pretty much sucks. Um, and then the rest of the players are listed as questionable. So linebacker Chris Barnes, he was also questionable last week. Uh, Greg Dorch, same thing, you know, same thing with the, with the ankle injury that came up last week on Friday. Um, it just came up out of nowhere and then he was listed as questionable and then ultimately just didn't play in the game. So I think with him, his main role, unfortunately, right now on the team is just being the main kick and punt returner. So I think sort of the same thing as, as I said last week, I think Andre Bocelli, he'll come in and be that the the main return guy for him so i don't think there's going to be much of a difference on that front um with kyler murray they did list him as questionable 
and I don't think he's gonna play obviously questionable is sort of like a 50 50 chance he might play he might not but I ultimately think it's not gonna be Kyler Murray this week I don't think they'll even activate him I know there were some rumors in the beginning of the week that you might have Kyler activated but be the backup to Clayton Toon starting and I just think that'll cause more of a mess and more of a sort of outroar with a team that you just you just want to avoid you don't want to have that situation altogether so for the quarterback situation I do think it's going to be Clayton Toon starting I'm probably probably 90% sure he's going to start and then after that it's going to be Jeff Jeff Driscoll as a backup QB and then just have both of them um going out there and hopefully just get through the game with no injuries and then the following week on Monday that's when Kyler is going to be um, activated I think it'll probably be activated Tuesday I think the latest is Wednesday morning I think that'll be exactly 21 day 21 days since they designated him to return from pup so yeah I think next week is when we'll get Kyler this week it'll be Clayton Toon and then Driscoll as the backup and then um also, Kevin Strong, he's been hurt. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury the past couple of weeks, and you know, hopefully he plays. But if not, you expect Dante Stills, the six-round rookie out of West Virginia, you expect him to be out there and just sort of, you know, building off of what he did last week. You know, he had the sack last week. You know, he was disruptive in the run game, and he just ultimately these past couple of weeks, you know, when he's been playing, he's been, you know, every week getting better and. That's what you love to see. I mean, if you're able to get a starting defense alignment in the sixth round in this draft, I think, you know, this draft has the the potential to be one of the best drafts, you know, in the, in probably since like 2003 or 4 when you had Fitz and all them. So, you know, just seeing a bunch of contributors from this draft class is just great to see. And also another rookie, Michael Wilson, you know, he sort of got banged up last week against the Ravens. You know, he had uh did not participate throughout all three practices this week i think he probably won't make it he probably won't um be available to play this week i think the shoulder injury i mean he hasn't practiced at all this week unless you know he is able to just to not practice all week and then just come out on game day but i ultimately think that he'll just be inactive this week and then hopefully just just get more time to heal the shoulder and then come back against the falcons so yeah i think that's everything that's happened since tuesday since our last podcast and for the future hopefully i'll be putting out another podcast probably sunday night monday morning just going off of what gannon says in his presser and sort of you know just what's going to happen on the following week so stay tuned for that um and yeah thank you guys for listening um hopefully i covered everything that you guys had questions about if you guys do have any other questions feel free to dm me or at me on twitter on instagram whichever one you guys prefer whichever one you guys have and yeah you know hopefully we do have a win this sunday against the browns and i'll talk to you guys later